I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, all right. Okay, so 22 Minutes to Having It All. We had Dr. R.J. Jackson. Now, he's an orthodontist turned life coach, and he has dedicated his life to helping young people create authentic smiles from the inside out. He has worked with over 5,000 teens and their parents, helping them build confidence and motivation to overcome struggles like depression and anxiety. So he talks about creating an environment in the home in how to approach communicating those consequences when we're children, but doing it in a way that's very, very powerful. So he is really focused on helping, you know, hold family meetings, explore interests, stop and listen, some really, really cool pieces that are coming out in the new release of his book. It's coming out for the holiday season. It's called Parenting Happy Teens. It's an inside job. You are going to love Dr. RJ Jackson. So enjoy this episode and we'll catch you next week on 22 Minutes to Having It All. Orthodontist turned teen life coach. Okay, that's just epic. You've dedicated (laughs) your life to helping young people create authentic smiles from the inside out. And it shows, I mean, you're a beautiful soul um, inside and out. I can already tell. You've worked with more than a thousand teens and their parents, helping them build confidence and motivation to overcome struggles like depression and anxiety. Okay. Is this a powerful topic or what? Because that is happening. I mean, it's a true reality in our world, unfortunately. So Dr. RJ, like, thanks for being with us. No, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy working with teens and their parents. So anytime I get a chance to share about it, I, I'm I'm a jump to the opportunity. Okay, but what got you there? I mean, so as you know, trained orthodontist, like what what is what is it? What was the the catalyst or the turnkey moment that changed for you? Yeah, believe it or not, it was one of my patients. I just opened my practice at the time, brand new, and we I put braces on a child, and then I get a call. Uh, that night is like, hey, we need them off. And I'm like, did I mess up? Like, you know, uh, I was really worried. And then come to find out she had an eating disorder. So they, the, the therapist re- recommended we take the braces off. And so she could pursue therapy. And then the mom called me back like really nine months later and was like, hey, this is not working. Do you know anybody else in your network? So, you know, at the time I didn't really know much. I said, hey, therapy is the only thing I know. Uh, so then she tried another therapist and then she came back. It's like, listen, nothing is working, but I do know that you mentor teenagers. Can you just talk to my daughter? And, you know, I didn't have a problem with talking to her. You know, at the time I was teaching at my church. It's like, yeah, I'll talk to her. And really within the first conversation, something sparked for me. I, I literally stopped and was like, she needs a life coach. And my first experience with life coach was in, when I was in dental school. So I'm like, yes, she needs a life coach. So that called the mom. I was like, hey, she needs a life coach. And it's just like, okay, let's look. So I searched around, mom searched. There was literally zero, you know, years ago, there was zero life coaches for teenagers, zero. 
so, you know, I felt I was called to do it. So I went through the process of getting certified and learning about coaching. And, and what gave me the confirmation was one month, like talking to her, working with her for one month, she completely transformed. And then that really just set it off for me at that point. I knew that that was a purpose and a, a mission for me. Uh, and I've been doing it ever since. You know, yeah, 10 years later, thousands of, of young teens and the impact that you're making. Why is depression and anxiety like, why is it so prevalent? I mean, we're coming off of COVID. We're actually in the middle of it, I should say. I mean, we'd love to say we're, we're through it. But right now, more than ever, this message is so powerful. So like, how are you supporting? How are, what are some ways that you're, you're lifting these teens up as this, as this coach to get through these times? Well, you know, first, I understand it. I understand what teenagers are going through. We're working with, with actually it's over 5,000 teenagers I've been working with. I, I truly understand their worldview. And this is something I work with parents to try to help them understand what they experience when they were kids is not what this generation is experiencing. This idea of social media and technology at your fingertips is a huge, huge deal because teenagers are experiencing pressure from everywhere. It's not just from the parents and from the teachers and the coaches. It's from their peers and beyond, influencers, because what they're seeing is perceived perfection. Everyone is so happy. Everyone has all these things. Like, I wish I had these things. They're so beautiful. I wish I was beautiful. And not understanding that, you know, people actually show their best. They don't show the time they're crying in the corner. So I believe it's just so much pressure is causing teenagers to feel like they're just not enough. That, they're, that, that anything they do will never compare to everything they're seeing. And I, I think it's really, it's really a shame in that sense. Now, with that said, like, what, am I, what am I doing is really a couple things. One is awareness. Helping the teenagers to understand that the stories they tell themselves in their mind matter. So if they stop and look at a photo and say, wow, man, that person is so beautiful. I wish I was beautiful. Well, you're basically putting the story in your mind that I'm not beautiful. I'm ugly, in fact. And the more they do this, really solidifies the belief. So really just the awareness of it is step number one. And then number two, we give them tools to handle those type of thoughts and those type of emotions. Because we all know that thoughts will, whatever thoughts we're focused on, that's what we're going to feel. And, uh, you know, it's so funny as a life coach, I consider myself just like a sports coach. I actually have plays. Now, some people may call them tools, but we call them plays. So I have a play for any situation that they're dealing with, whether it's, a, you know, any thoughts or any feelings, I have a play for that. So really, once they learn the plays, then we can, we can overcome it. Well, and I think it's brilliant when you bring up the feeling, right? So how do you want to feel? And that's one of our core beliefs for me personally, like peaceful, energized, empowered, and loved, right? So getting clear on, on the feeling and then matching what you can do to, to feel like that, right? So if you want to be peaceful, you don't want to be overwhelmed, right? So you can hit on like, okay, what, what can we do to stop the overwhelm? So give us how important is it to help kids? Because teenagers, they're going through a lot of feelings, right? How can you help them like decipher how they want to feel and like how to connect those dots? Yeah, you know, the first thing we want to do is we want to take away the connection to the feelings. And the reason why this is important is because feelings come and go. Unfortunately, uh, and fortunately, uh, we don't hold on to the same feeling forever. Like, in other words, I would love to be super excited constantly, 24 hours a day, but it's just not likely. It's just not going to happen. But uh, the fortunate part about it, when I'm also sad or upset, I don't hold on to that forever either. You know, something I always share with parents is when your child is depressed, depression is more of a state, but it's not more so of an everyday, 24 hours a day feeling of depression. If they're laughing, they're not depressed. If they're angry, they're not depressed. So helping the parents and the teenagers understand that, hey, these feelings that I'm experiencing, 
Uh, oftentimes there are messages and they kind of point to what I'm focused on. Uh, anytime, and I do this little exercise with them. In fact, I got it from Tony Robbins, where you know you tell a person to look in your room for everything that's brown. So you look around, you look for brown, my stereo, you know, my my the wood casing here, and then you tell them to close your eyes and say, "Hey, tell me everything that's yellow." And rarely can anyone do it because their brain was so focused on the brown, they missed all the yellow, all the red, and the pink in their room. Well, that's exactly what happens in the life of a teenager and even adults, is that if you're focused on like what I don't have, then you miss all these amazing things that happen throughout the life. So really just helping them to understand that the way you feel uh, is more of a message of what you're focusing on, and that we have control over. Well, and you're making it granular by just describing it like that. And I think that's really very powerful because when when you can like sense it at that level of awareness, then you can do something about it. And I think that's a, a catalyst. So you've just recently released a book called um, <clears throat> Parenting Happy Teens in an in, it's an inside job. Why is it an inside job? I mean, like talk to us like the passion that brought that book forward for you. Absolutely. So the book really was designed to empower parents because Oftentimes, parents parents do feel uh, like they're not, they, they have no con- control over the way their child is feeling, their experiences. And a lot of times I used to hear parents say to me, oh, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just a team been a team. Uh, mm-hmm. And I want to help them to understand, like, no, it's not a, a team been a teenager. And you have a huge role in their overall mental well-being and emotional well-being. So we all know that happiness comes from inside. So you can't give someone enough to make them happy. Happiness is is definitely an inside state, but also something I had to bring awareness to parents on is children model. That's huge. They model what they see. So if a parent is constantly in this complaining mood, like, oh, my boss is this and this person did that. Well, the teenage, your child is literally modeling that and it, sets them up for a mindset of looking for what's wrong. So when we talk about happiness as an inside job, it, it truly is an inside job. It's an inside job uh, for the parents and it's an inside job for the teens. But this book is really going to help equip the parents with strategies to help their teen to experience happiness. Well, let's be honest. I mean, when you're a parent, it's kind of an uncharted path, right? You've never been a parent before. So you're like, I don't know what to do. And I think, you know, that's a big piece of it. You know, some people are very ferocious in chasing the solution and, and, and solving the problem. But others are just like you said, they're just going to toss up their hands and say, you know what, I don't know, they're just going to go through it, and we'll be fine. So I think what you're saying there, I mean, you're bringing it forward. And you're teaching people. So you know, ways to improve communication. What are three of those ways that we can improve our communication with our teens? Well, just when I started off uh, the conversation about how I can communicate with teens, because, you know, I've heard parents call me the teenage whisperer, and I don't know if I have any kind of special gift in that sense, but ultimately, I truly understand their worldview. So in order to communicate or to improve the communication with your teenager, you first have to understand what they're going through. You have to see life through their lens. Oftentimes, we hear parents say, that's not that big of a deal. Your friend just broke up with you. Like, who cares? There's plenty of friends. But to a teenager, that is their entire world. And the closer the parents can understand their perspective, then you can absolutely communicate better with them. So that's number one. Number two, I always tell parents that ego, the parent's ego will bring out their child's ego. So if a parent is upset and losing it and yelling, oftentimes the, the child will do the same 
or cry, but a lot of times they're coming back. And this is what children call a double standard. It's like, wait a minute, I get in trouble for yelling at you, but you just yelled at me. So I always tell parents that another way to improve communication is just managing your emotions. And I give them strategies on how to do that, because if you're going to communicate with your child, especially when, it is, is, um, when we're reprimanding our children, you want to uh, bring a certain level of emotional well-being when you're doing that. In fact, I, I, I call it the platter. So I was telling parents that you can absolutely reprimand your child. I think, you know, uh, all humans, we move based on pain versus pleasure. But if you're going to give pain, it doesn't have to be, you know, this this very like nasty yelling. You just, you know, you disobeyed me. I'm going to give you your phone. And uh, in fact, we call that double pain. In fact, you can absolutely hand a consequence on a silver platter, just as sweet as it can be. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that you missed curfew. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you will have to, you know, uh, get an extra hour removed from your curfew, but it's okay. We'll go try next time. You, I'm, I have all faith that you're going to do it next time. So it's a different way of delivering a consequence. They still get the consequence, but it's not the anger and in in, in really making them feel bad in the process. So that's number two. And then number three, the biggest one is just listening. Teenagers want to be valued. They want to be uh, viewed as an adult. They see themselves as an adult. And whenever their opinions get dismissed, it really causes them to shut down. So if you want to improve your communication, just listen and value uh, your child's opinion. Right. And you don't always have to have the exact answer, but I think building the synergy, like you said, and just building a runway to listen. And then together, if you're really listening intently together, you guys can solve the problem and come together with some of those consequences in a way that it's not so threatening that they're living a life of fear and scarcity. They're rather like just taking greater ownership for choosing to be past curfew and they know the consequence. It's still going to happen, but it's not going to be life ending. Right. Because life's hard. I'm sure that you find that all the time, Dr. Arj. I'm sure a lot of these these teens come to you and say, you know, it just feels so hard. But I think some of these principles are basic. Now, we're coming into the holiday season. Right. We're going to get this this episode out in, in front of the holidays. So how are you helping parents support your children during these times? Like what are some recommendations you have personally? Yeah. You know, I tell the parents that they are absolutely responsible for the environment in the home. So, um, you know, it could be a tense environment, it could be a calm environment, it could be a peaceful environment. Uh, I always encourage or empower parents to be the leader in the home. Now, leader doesn't mean you force people to do anything, but they can absolutely control how they show up. They can also pay attention to the moods of the child. I uh, always talk to parents about this idea that we are only conscious 5% of the time. That means majority of the time, we are not here. <laughs> we're not. We're thinking about the future, the past. We're all in our heads. So we're not even here. So that means our subconscious mind takes over and we basically have a program. I mean, this is the reason why uh, artificial intelligence uh, and what they plan to do in the future is going to be very likely because we are a program 95% of the time. You know, we have certain triggers that make us feel a certain way. We have this program of thinking a certain way and acting a certain way. So I actually tell parents, if you want to know a lot about your child, just pay attention. Just watch them. Just watch how they show up when they come home from school. Watch their routine. Watch the things that makes them happy and the things that makes them upset, because that will give you so much information. And then the final thing I want to share with you is just being interested. I know the things that teens are involved in may not be interesting to adults, especially with gaming and things like that. But the more interest you show your child, the more they feel connected to you. The more they see you as like, hey, like we have a great relationship and you're not like this, this, this authority figure that's above me and judging me. So that's, a, you know, I think the holiday is a great time to really just, you know, immerse yourself in their interest 
because that definitely will help with the uh, connection. Yeah. So just being peaceful. Okay. So I want to pull it back when you talk about just watch them. Right. So what if, you know, a parent witnesses some things and and they're watching some behaviors, um, what's the best approach to, you know, to come forward? Because I think a lot of times, you know, we'll witness something like that, but, but we're never really sure how to come forward and have the conversation. What's the starter in that? What's your recommendation, RJ? No, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually had a parent last night. I was on a coaching call with, the, with the, I do a group coaching with parents because uh, we learn from each other. And one parent was was basically saying, "Hey, I took your advice. It absolutely worked. My child came to me. So ultimately, her child was not turning in homework. And the mom obviously did with the mom thing. Hey, if you don't turn in homework, you're in trouble. I'm gonna I'm take your phone. I'm gonna ground you. And then nothing was working. And eventually, she started using some of my strategies. Uh, so much I teach parents on how to grow a connection with their child. And then the child just came to her one day and said, listen, mom, I really want to do well, but the reason why I don't turn my homework in is because I'm scared I'm going to fail. And if I fail, all my friends are going to see it and now I'm going to feel stupid. Like that is like mind blowing to a parent to see like, wait a minute, my child is an obedient child. My child is a, a child that cares. It's just, they don't want to be hurt. They don't want to be embarrassed. And this makes sense. So then they can actually develop the connection. So when you're paying attention to your child and you are seeing things that you don't agree with, instead of having the mindset like, oh, they're just a, a bratty teenager, actually see them from a place of like, maybe there's something deeper and I'm going to focus on the relationship so that they can come to me and share it with me. Wow. That's very, very powerful. Okay. So we got to go back to the origin story though. What was your upbringing? I mean, like how much of the principles that you execute, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you learned with parents that are speaking what you're doing, but give us some insight. What was it like for you growing up? Yeah. I have a very, very loving and spiritual mom. Dad was military. So he was Vietnam War, he's a Marine, and he was very much the typical that you would think of. So I remember as a child longing for some adult to talk to. Like I just wanted a mentor or just someone because there's so many things I didn't know. And I had to talk to my my friends. And for us, it was like the blind leading the blind. Like none of us had a clue. So we were just trying things. So I think, you know, that I think really, you know, uh, developed the urge to like want to help teenagers because I just know it's such a tough time. But something more importantly that my mom shared with me as a young kid that stuck with me. And this is why I'm a big believer in that a child, a teenager should discover their purpose or at least have some idea of why they are, they are creative, why they're here. Even if you don't believe in God or anything, but just there's some reason you're here. And it's so important uh, because my mom told me, and, and I, it's funny because to this day, I still ask her, tell the truth, like, did, did that really happen? But she told me when she was pregnant with me, an angel appeared to her and said, the child that you're carrying will change a generation. And my mom told me this as a child and, you know, growing up with this, just thinking about this and thinking about this and keep hearing it. And like, I actually started to believe it. So I think that's honestly what has taken me on this path. You know, you asked the question, what moved me from orthodontist to, to coaches? Because I saw a bigger purpose and I saw myself changing a generation. So, you know, words are powerful and to know your purpose, I think it's very huge. I mean, and wow, that is so poignant because how many people, how many teens can today know their purpose? I mean, they're like they're living day by day. And, and I think right now, and let's address it. I mean, I don't think that they see a lot of hope in the world. And I'm sure you find that a lot, right? I mean, our, our sons are adult men and, you know, and I embrace it and I've been through this process and I understand it even today as, as young adults, you know, nurturing like the lack of hope that's in the world today. Um, it's a real thing. So like, what's, what's your insight on that is if, if you're dealing with a teen who just doesn't, you know, see that I have any purpose or that I just don't see any hope, what can we do to support those individuals? 
You know what? That is a great question because this is how I'm so much different than I would say therapy. So therapy, the way therapy works is that in their eyes, you're a patient. In other words, you're coming to me because you have a problem. With life coaching, we don't see a problem. We understand that there's something that you want. Uh, we call it a goal. And there are obstacles standing in the way of you getting what you want. We all have them. So whether you've been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, Asperger's, we all have obstacles, whatever that is. So we have these plays to overcome the obstacles to get what you want. So when they come to me, they are viewed as like this child with an unbelievable amount of potential as opposed to a patient with a problem. So I think that alone helps. But one thing that we do very, very differently, I think, than most of therapy is we do everything in groups. It's all groups. Because when a teenager gets a chance to see their peers and they get a chance to see the kids, they think like, hey, that's a cool kid there. And they're here is immediate buy-in. And with this buy-in, we get to create this atmosphere, almost like this like positive peer pressure. Because like, hey, we can absolutely go after our goals. We can absolutely overcome peer pressure because we're all doing it together. So you don't have to feel alone and fight this battle by yourself. You could, you know, all of us is doing this together. And I feel like that helps them to see like, hey, maybe there is something to being positive. Maybe there is something to being obedient to their parents. You don't have to be this renegade child to find friends to fit in. So uh, I think that just showing them that other teenagers are on this mission to grow themselves and be positive, I think helps a lot. Wow. Wow. I mean, okay. So we're kind of coming to the close of our episode. You know, this is the, the having it all podcast, right? Like that's all encompassing about life. So what is your take, Dr. RJ? You know, what does having it all mean to you? And, you know, you're, you're a catalyst for moving these, these children forward to having a really good life and having it all. Um, what does it mean to you? Yep. Having it all mean to me is number one is this, this living of purpose. I think purpose is so huge because the fact of the matter is every single day in your life will not be amazing and happy and joy. The purpose gives you something to keep going forward towards. It gives you something that to feel like, Hey, I will put on this planet for a reason and there's something I will accomplish. So I think purpose is very, very important to have it all. Number two, giving. You know, to be in a position of giving, I think as humans, we naturally want to give. Think about the last time something amazing happened to you. You didn't want to just keep it to yourself. You want to tell everybody. We have this natural tendency to want to share and give. So I think giving really speaks to the heart. And then the final piece is a skill that I had to learn over years that I continue to practice to this day. It's just gratitude. You know, as, as a person like myself, who's always in the future as far as how can I make change? How can I make impact? You can oftentimes forget the things that you're experiencing like right in front of you. So to practice this gratitude, you would absolutely feel like you have it all. Oh my goodness, is purpose, giving, and gratitude. If that doesn't speak the truth, I don't know what is. Dr. RJ, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you for being with us um, on this episode. And you're also going to be um, receiving all this information in our show notes. So thanks again. This was an absolute perfect episode. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.